Yeah. Do you think the camel could get camel toe? They'd call it pussyfoot. <laughs> what the hell? Did you save that joke for recording? No. Yeah. Um. May- maybe. Yeah. I, uh, you caught me so off guard. I am not ready for that today. I was playing uh, Batman Arkham Knight and one of like the thugs when you're just like sneaking around yeah they just randomly say stupid shit and that was one of the things they said and i was like what (laughs) (laughs) so now i need answers where would you go to find those i don't know because obviously i didn't help at all i would go to yahoo answers but apparently yahoo answers is going away yeah i saw that dude what a horrible time to be alive yahoo answers which answered very very many Great questions that people had. Yahoo Answers has gone away. Prince Philip just died. DMX fucking died. Yeah. I'm fucking. In the same day. And I'm, then there's a fucking volcano exploded in uh, some Caribbean island. I'm, not, I'm actually really bummed out about this uh, fucking DMX. God, I don't know. DMX. Yeah. I, I will say, I mean, me and a f- couple friends talked about this because, I mean, he went into that coma like last week or earlier this week. and Was it uh, a heart attack? And uh, Well. Like a drug-induced heart attack or something? I'm like that? not sure. I'm but not, I know they yeah. talked about him being in a vegetable state. And my friend was just like, I guarantee it'll just be a few more days. But, you know, it's unfortunate. DMX, yeah, I, th- I thought he would pull through. I I, mean, I, I was just hoping. Look I mean, on the bright side of things. Yeah, I mean, goddamn, fucking... 50. Just 50. Yep. I mean, goddamn, 2021 tried to take fucking Dr. Dre at the beginning of the year. And, and Prince Phillip's like, dude, I lasted 49 more years than that. <sighs> fucking Prince Phillip. Oh, we're not getting on the topic of that. Yeah, at, <laughs> at the time of this recording, it has been a very impactful day. Yeah, it has. It's been, it, it's been a bit much. It's a, yeah, it's a Friday. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but that's a good thing, because now the weekend's just around the corner, and I get to enjoy some time off, and I can relax. Same. And look for a new job, because I hate mine. That's fair. And I'll say it on recording, <laughs> so everyone can know at that at that moment, April, what? Ninth? Ninth. April 9th. 2021, whatever job Matthew Plunkett had, he absolutely hated it. <laughs> Anyways, this is the Dissector's Cut. Yes, it is. My name's Josh. Cross uh. from me, that's Matthew. Oh, fuck. Slapping his face. Yep, the one and only. Uh, no, uh, I'm not the one and only Matthew Plunkett. <laughs> I remember looking my name up on Facebook one time, and there's another Matthew Plunkett in Kentucky. There's definitely not. You're not. You're definitely not the only Matt, because there was a Matt that just came to the door like 20 minutes yeah, ago. Yeah, tried to give me shitty Spectrum. <laughs> Man, I remember when they were like... Why are you killing our fucking sponsorship deal? Uh, sure. <laughs> I, re- I remember when like they first became a thing, when Time Warner was like, nah, we'll become Spectrum now. And they're like, we're the fastest growing business. It's like, well, fuck yeah, you are. You're under a new name, under a new <laughs> LLC and whatnot. And you just took everything you had as Time Warner, now a Spectrum. And it looks like Spectrum grew, I don't know, fucking 10,000 employees and all these businesses across the U.S., whatnot, in like a week. Sure, it looks like you're the fastest growing company. <laughs> but anyway, rant over. Yeah, I'm I'm tired. I feel like shit today. I feel it. Uh, my headache has just slightly gone away, so now I feel like I can actually like open my mind and think about good things, like uh, how the, uh, the queen, Queen Xenomorph, uh, I'm almost like xenosexual now because, man, her thighs. They go on for days. They look good. <laughs> yeah, they do. See, I couldn't have said that an hour ago when I was about ready to be bedridden like DMX. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Too soon. Yeah, a little too soon. Goddamn. <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah, this is The Dissector's Cut with me, Matthew Plunkett, and Josh Burton. Why are you introducing us? I just wanted to do it myself. I never get to do it. I feel left out. <laughs> okay. <laughs> 
So, what's that movie? Oh, we're doing the sequel to our last episode, Aliens. And just like before, the title says it all. It does. There's more than one. Oh my God. A lot of them. Yeah, there's a lot. Yeah. A lot of them exploded. Uh, uh, yeah. Each, yeah, what, four of those turret guns that are like, have 500 rounds each? Something like that, yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, they killed a lot. All right, so, yeah, before we jump into uh, the nitty-gritty social media, uh, what we got? We got TDC Pod Official on Twitter. We got that at Sector Scott on Instagram and Facebook as well. We have a TikTok that I sectors cut. And we have that Dissectors Cut podcast at gmail.com. You can hit us up on any of those with any cool movie, cinema, video game, whatever, trivia. Um, I don't know. If you guys, I don't know. If you guys have any relatives, like, oh, yeah, my uncle starred in the original Casablanca or so like that. I don't know. Send it our way. We, we want to know this shit. It's the whole reason why we did the podcast. Well, it's the whole reason why Josh came up to me and did the podcast. Yeah, I put pitch, a gun. I pitched the idea. <laughs> I put a gun to your head, and I'm like, "We're doing this podcast." You can't reach my head. You put it on my belly button. Uh, we don't, don't, Maybe that explains the whole. You don't have to tell everybody. Shut up, <laughs> God. <laughs> <laughs> you started biting my knees. I couldn't get away. <laughs> I was like, "Fine, I'll do it." And then, thus, this was born. Yeah, but uh, talking about social media, if you guys want to see like any behind the scenes photos of um, any of the movies that we cover, yeah, I always post a bunch on there, especially. Mostly, on, like, more so on Facebook, just because, you know, Facebook, I can put a fuck ton of photos on there, and Instagram only allows me to put 10 with the little, uh, the little multi- That's lame. Picture slide thing. Even, yeah. though, even though Instagram is just Facebook. Essentially, yeah. Um, but, yeah, so, Matt. Yeah? When was the last time before you rewatched it before this? When was the last time you watched Aliens? Do you know? Oh, God. Um... It's been a while. Yeah. Uh, I've owned that DVD for probably a good handful of years, maybe four or five years, and I've never opened it and watched them until we did this podcast. So before that, I only watched it when I caught it on television, which uh, God knows when that was. And I'm sure it was cut to, you know, fit, you know, sci-fi channel or something like that. Oh, yeah. So... Of course, I probably also saw the aliens was on and it was like four and a half hours with commercials. And I was like, I ain't got time for that. I mean, it's only a two and a half hour movie. Well, on DVD, yes. But on television, <laughs> with is, commercials. This is true. I was like, oh shit. That's like watching the, the Abyss. I keep going back to that. The Abyss by what? James Cameron? Why do I say James Cameron? I don't know who it is. I feel like it's somebody like Steven Spielberg, a big name. But that movie, like theatrical version or uncuts, like six hours. I'm like, stop. We don't need that. Nobody. You're, you're right. It is James Cameron. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. See, I know something. I'm not completely fucking stupid, as you I, make me out to be. I never said you were. I just pretend. I bet I could go back through all these episodes, make a montage, basically, and just have it. <laughs> you all these weird clips. You're fucking stupid. And I'm like, see. I think you're, I guarantee you could find out one of the episodes <laughs> where I say you're a fucking idiot or you're fucking stupid or something like, like that. Like right there. Oh, shit. Yeah, <laughs> got you. Yeah. Oh, so yeah, it has been a while since I've seen Aliens. And of course, rewatching it, some things I knew, some things I didn't, some things I thought I knew and had wrong. But all in all, it was good fun. And I still do like it more than Alien. Yep. Yeah, it's, I really do. It's that, no, that's where I'm at. Like, I love Alien. But Aliens, there's just something about it. I don't know if it's just the faster pace. I will say, because it's been a while since I've watched... Been a while! Uh, like, oh, Aliens. Copyright strike. Oh, God, fuck. 
God damn it, Aaron Lewis, get away from us. <laughs> He's here. <laughs> but um, it had been a while since I've watched Aliens, and I forgot just like how long. Granted, I watched um this special edition with like some of the cut scenes from yeah. um from like the original theatrical cut. Um, so it's a little bit longer in the intro and like uh like uh, at the beginning. So. Since I, I literally do not know shit about movies, when you say you watch the special edition, does that mean like if you put the put the disc in, hit the, or go to the menu, hit play, and it plays the movie, it's going to play the movie with those specials or those deleted scenes and such in it already, like yes. a normal movie? It's not going to be like you have to go to special edition No, version. it's like already in the movie. Okay. It's, like a, it's pretty much like the director's cut. Gotcha. Um, like the director's cut. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, I did it. Anyway, no, I think if you open my case right there, I think Aliens says on it special edition or something, if I'm not mistaken. If you cl click there's a yes, special yeah. edition. Yeah. So, ooh. Well, I mean. Maybe I saw it. You probably saw the same edition. Did, um, like, when Ripley's at the uh, base, is there a scene where she's, like, looking at a picture of her uh, daughter, like an older version of her daughter? Oh, yeah, like the really old yep. who died when she was like 66. And me yep. Sander like, that bitch looked like she's 125. That's going to be Weaver's mom. <laughs> Yo, your beloved bitch looked like 125. <laughs> but, uh, okay, so we did watch the same movie. That, that was her mom? Yep. Spoiler, because that was probably going to become later in the episode for all it, I know. It does, but yeah. They That's used, cool. But, yeah, they used the picture of her mom to portray her daughter. It looks like Susan Sarandon a little bit to me when I, when I looked at it. I could see it. For whatever reason, I was like, what? But, okay, so, yeah, so we watched the same movie. So cool. cool. No idea. No fucking clue. Yeah, there, there was a handful of scenes that got cut. Like, that scene got cut. Um, I talk about it later, too, but, like, the scene with, uh, like, when they're, uh, the, when the movie cuts to, like, the uh, Hadley's Hope, and it talks, like, you see, like, the kids running around. and uh, Oh, yeah. Two, like, maintenance guys talking. That's not supposed to be in there, either? Nope, that was cut, too. That's funny because, I mean, I don't think about it till now, but yeah, I didn't really remember that part watching it yeah. at all. So, I mean, it probably got cut from like any like the TV versions or anything like that. Hmm. I mean, I can see that getting cut if you need it to be, but cool. Yeah. So I saw like the true version. Yeah. Because like with the, because like I, like I haven't watched it in probably like three or four years. Whenever I bought the um, Blu-ray like special edition that came with like every Alien movie that came out. Yeah. Um, I bought that one. And like when you put it in, it's like, oh, you could watch the theatrical version or the special version. I'm always going to watch the special edition because I love seeing the cutscenes. Yeah, that's what I would do. Because it adds more to most of the stories usually, too. It's like watching Lord of the Rings, the extended edition. Yeah. Like you're going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, when I was watching it and it was like near three hours long, I was like, had to pee at like the hour 17 mark. And I was just like, God, I'm almost halfway. I'm like, what else could there possibly be be in this movie? And then, like, even when like she's, you know, burning down the fucking place, and it's like a half hour, forty minutes. I'm like, God, what else could be in this movie? It does not disappoint. Nope. There's there is no point in this movie where it really, to me, honestly, that it drags ass at all. There's always some other like real, almost like heroic moment to the story, some pivotal part. Yep. And I mean, even like the scenes where they're introducing all the uh, Marines to like God. Oh, yeah. Like you could tell that it seemed like they all got along super well. Rest in peace, Bill Paxton. <sighs> yep. Like I said, you know, spectacles, testicles, Walton watch. Or I might see a tornado <laughs> on television. Or outside. Well, yeah, outside, duh, because not going to be inside, dummy. 
but I mean, it could have been ripped through your house. Yeah, at that point, probably ripped through me too, and I wouldn't even know what the fuck's going on. <laughs> yeah, it's true. You, uh, you guys really don't have a basement to hide in. That's no, okay because I don't know. Either. I'm just gonna hug that toilet <laughs> and you know hope for the best. Yeah. Are there any superheroes with like tornado powers? Storm. Oh, that's right. I forgot War- about Storm. Storm, Whirlwind. Uh, oh, Whirlwind. I think there's a couple others. How did Storm can... get her powers? I forget, man. Because I mean, like, I feel like any other origin story wouldn't like a tornado need to blow through like a fucking farm, and some little kid all of a sudden just has tornado powers. Well, she's a mutant, and most mutants just kind of like get well, their powers well, that's eventually true. For, for mutants. Yeah. Yeah. But I know I'm imagining someone just getting hit with a, a fucking tornado <laughs> or some twister, and all of a sudden they just wake up and it's like they just shoot twisters out of their eyes. <laughs> <laughs> People are just like, "Hey, fuck! Who's having him to Johnny?" You know, oh, poor Donnie. Johnny. Oh, I'm sorry. You couldn't tell my country accent what I was saying. No, I couldn't. It's okay. I just literally turned to the right and screamed. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, let's dive in. Get it on. No. Mm, lame. Fine. All right. I'll let you do your your thing. We're going all the way to Hadley's Hope. Hadley's Hope. Okay. Let me take a drink of my water so I can rehydrate. Good old H2O. 57 years after surviving an apocalyptic attack aboard her space vessel by merciless space creatures, Officer Ripley awakens from hypersleep and tries to warn anyone who will listen about the Predators. When communications are lost with a human colony on the moon on which her crew first encountered the alien creatures, Ripley agrees to return to the site with a troop of colonial marines to investigate. Yes, she does. Yes, she does. I'm so... I, I like that her only real reason to go back was to just kill him. Yeah. Like, at first, you honestly think there's absolutely no way that she would go back. But it's just like, we're going to fucking exterminate these things? Yeah, 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 that's what we're going to do. Burke, that's what we're going to do. And it's just like, I'm in. Fucking Burke. <sighs> we'll get into it. It's not often that a sequel to a film is capable of being compared as a better film than the original. Mm-hmm. There are a few examples like Terminator 2, The Godfather Part 2, Star Wars Return of the Jedi, or even Spider-Man 2. It's even more rare when you consider the horror genre. But when it comes to James Cameron's 1986 balls-to-the-wall action horror classic Aliens, it's arguably one of the top sci-fi horror films of all time. Agreed. Even with the success of the first film, Aliens had to go through its own hardships own hardships to be made. Was that hard? Yes. <laughs> I can't believe it took this film seven years later to come out. It, it Honestly, I didn't realize how long it had been until like I started doing research. And I was like, wow, like it kind of impressive, especially with how successful yeah. the last film did. Yeah, it, it took them seven years to get that piece out. Man, it looks so real too, didn't it? Yeah. <laughs> that ship's flying down on LV-426. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, that looks like so real. It looks. Could have fooled me. So good. <laughs> I'm glad I waited seven years for that. At the time, it looked good. I know. I'm sure it freaked people out. They probably thought I was coming right through the theater screen and just going to fucking kill them. They spent all the money on the aliens themselves well, and good. the alien queen. It's fine. Well, good. Yeah, because she's... Yeah. She's big. After Ridley Scott's Alien released in 1979 and was well-received and deemed successful at the box office, the parent production company Brandywine Productions began toying with the idea of making a sequel. But before the egg could hatch and proper plans <laughs> for, for the sequel could be made, 20th Century Fox president Alan Ladd Jr., who was in full support of the idea of a sequel, left the company. He was replaced by Norman Levy, and according to some within the company, Levy believed the sequel would be a disaster. 
Oh, fuck you then. Now, I do want to state... Um, Norman. I, I did watch an uh, interview where they talked to uh, oh Ridley Scott about, like, if he had ever planned to, like, do a sequel himself. Yeah. And he had mentioned that, like, he had, like, from the very beginning, like, the idea of doing a kind of origin story for aliens, like, for the xenomorphs. Mm -hmm. And, of course, years and years now later... Now we have that, yeah. We finally... He finally got to do that. And so I thought that that was cool, that, like, that idea was kind of with him the entire time. Yeah, so he... I think that shows that he had been thinking about that for quite a long time. Oh, yeah. What we saw in Prometheus probably wasn't like, you know, two years prior when they had the green light to go. Yep. They're like, all right, let's get this story going or let's get the second half of it because, you know, we had to pitch it with the first half, yada, yada, yada. I bet 40, what, 40 years? Eh, a little less than 40 years in the making he had... Oh, no, I'm sorry. I'm thinking like of 2021 now, but no, that movie came out years and years ago. So let's, let's go with 30 years. He had truly been thinking of the origin for the alien. And I love a full fucking story, man. Yep, I do too. I know that was a really blunt kind of dumbass statement, but like, you know, you don't really get too much full story of Predator like you do yeah. the alien. I will say like there are some that I'm totally okay with like not knowing everything. Like, I mean, for example, and this is an example I use all the time, like Rob Zombie's Halloween. Not a fan. Like, I like the movie. Like, it has some really good kills. And I like uh, Michael, the guy that they got to play Michael Myers. And the cast is good. But I don't need to know why Michael Myers is crazy. I like that unknown reason why he started killing. I don't need that yeah, he had both, an abusive family. Or, I'm like, fuck, okay. Yeah. I just, I don't know. It. There's certain films where I'm like, I like being able to fill in the blanks myself. I can totally understand it. I can get behind that. While Alien was successful, it was still viewed as a fluke and the profits weren't enough to believe that lightning would strike twice for the studio. The 80s were also in insanely heavy with the horror films and sequels, so the box office returns for the genre seemed to dwindle with the years. Mm. So they were very, very wary of putting too much financially into the film. Hmm. Well, I think it was a good amount regardless. I think it turned out great. Oh, absolutely. I want to also say I can't help but think when you say lightning, uh, you know, lightning strikes twice or so, I think of uh, War of the Worlds with Tom Cruise. Yep. When he's just like, it's okay, honey, lightning doesn't strike in the same place twice. And it strikes like 17 fucking times in the same <laughs> spot. And then, of course, now we have gigantic tripods walking around that play Cock Amelia. If you watch Scary Movie 3.5 or whatever the fuck it is. Yep. But uh, yeah. Okay. Well, so, I'll have to so, cover the original War of the Worlds because it's so much better. So, uh, yeah, they, they, they know how to spend their money, they know what to do and what not to do with oh, it. Oh, yeah. Okay. With already slow-moving de development, production was put to a halt by David Gillier, Walter Hill, and Gordon Carroll, co-founders oh. of Brandywine. Oh my god, what? They sued Fox Studios for unpaid <gasps> profits. Now, if you listen to our last episode, you'll know Alien made over $100 million against the $9-11 million to $11 million budget. Fox tried to claim that Alien was a financial loss for the studio. The lawsuit was finally settled in 1983, and Fox would finance the production of Aliens. Oh, cool. Fuck them. Yeah, they tried to do some pretty shitty shit. <laughs> yeah, shitty shit. <laughs> wow, get fucked. Oh, wow, I love that. I'm going to think about that a little bit more. Go ahead, Josh. <laughs> the studio began looking for screenwriters for the sequel in 1983. Development executive Larry Wilson came across the script for an in-development in sci-fi action film titled The Terminator, written by one James Cameron. Production for The Terminator had been delayed by nine months due to Arnold Schwarzenegger's contractual agreement to Conan the Barbarian 
and Cameron wanted to continue working. So in the meantime, he took on two writing projects, one being a collaboration with Sylvester Stallone writing the screenplay for Rambo First Blood Part 2 and a treatment for the, at the time, titled Aliens 2. It was the combined powers of the scripts for both the Terminator and Rambo that convinced Wilson to show the studio heads the script written for the Terminator. When it came to the treatment Cameron wrote for Aliens 2, he wrote a 42-page treatment in three days. Damn. The studio executives had mixed feelings about the ideas laid out. Due to not being able to come to any form of negotiations, production was postponed once again. Oh my God, 42 page in three days? Yeah. He's, God, do you know how long it takes me to write a post-it note to get eggs from the store? All I have to do is write four letters, and it takes me maybe like seven weeks. Yeah. Good Lord, I couldn't imagine 42 fucking pages. Yeah, it said that uh, he pretty much stayed up all night, like just drinking loads of coffee and just... Like I'm trying to do this fucking stay awake, because this podcast sucks. Okay. <laughs> I had a shitty day, okay? Oh, I'm sorry. Thank you. By July 1984, 20th Century Fox had a new studio head named Lawrence Gordon. Gordon began looking at existing properties already released by Fox with sequels in mind when he came across the treatment for Aliens 2. He was impressed by the treatment and couldn't believe no one had already begun pursuing making the film. Yeah, that's what I would think. I'd be like, the fuck is this? Right. Blow it over, or like Indiana Jones. Like, what the hell? It's like the <laughs> fucking holy grail. Why haven't we done this? Cameron took the nine months waiting on the production of The Terminator to expand his treatment to 90 pages, using oh elements from one of his story concepts titled Mother, which featured an alien on board a spaceship with a power loader suit. Sound familiar? This was better received by the executives. Oh, cool. Cameron was adamant about also directing the project, but at the time, he had only one feature length under his belt as a director, Piranha 2, The Spawning. What the fuck? An independent horror film made off a budget of roughly $147,000. It wasn't until the surprise and financial successful release of The Terminator in 1984 that the execs of Fox decided to let Cameron direct Aliens 2. The Terminator was made with a budget of $6.4 million and made $78.3 million at the box office. Damn. I mean, we've seen it before on, on, on this show where someone with one movie under their belt or so, or even like, um, oh, God, what did you fucking call it? I don't know. Basically, rough drafts. that didn't want to become a movie, yep. and they become a movie because yep. they're just that good. Oh, yeah. I mean, we talked about that with uh, the uh, Gremlins. That's it. That's yep. the Gremlin. Yeah. Start as a spec script just to kind of show the uh, studios that you can write. And all of a sudden they're like, why don't we make this a movie? Mm-hmm. And this also goes to show any future directors out there or writers. Just because you have one low budget movie doesn't mean that you can't just do big budget movies. Yes. Leading up to the main production of the film, Cameron would collaborate and try out ideas with his girlfriend, Gail Ann Hurd, who would be a producer on the film, even though Fox Studios fought against it believing she, would, she wouldn't she would stand up against Cameron, and Heard wasn't taken seriously at all. Sexist. Pretty Sexist. much. Sexist! The title Aliens reportedly came from Cameron writing Alien on a whiteboard and adding a dollar sign as a suffix. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking love it, man. It worked. It almost seems like cocky in a way, but, uh-huh. he, but he knows what he has. Oh, he yeah. knows he has a masterpiece. Here. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, even if you I love it, even if you don't think you have a masterpiece, just fake it till you make it. Yeah, I guess you could live by that. 
By February of 1985, Cameron had finished the script and turned it into the turned it into the studio mere hours before one of the many Hollywood writer strikes. The script was well received, but the studio was concerned about the overall budget cost for the film. Fox estimated the film would cost roughly 35 million to make, while Heard fought back and said it'd be closer to 15.5 million. Fox chairman Barry Diller offered 12 million. Cameron and Heard scoffed at the offer and promptly quit the project. Well, cool. There you go. I mean, that's the definitely a hell of a just shot in the arm. Just been oh, like, yeah. no, it'd be like fifteen point five. We'll give you twelve. We'll get fucked twice then, Fox. Pretty much. Fox studio head Lawrence Gordon negotiated with the chairman until he finally gave in, bringing Cameron and Heard back onto the project, but not for long. After the Argument over cost a month later in April, Fox oh was once again con- raising concerns, but this time it was about cast. Oh, okay, okay. Fox didn't want Sigourney Weaver to return due, oh my God. due to believing she would demand a higher salary. Sexist! By this time, Weaver had appeared in four other films, including the classic comedy Ghostbusters. Cameron and Heard insisted that Weaver be brought back and believe the success of the sequel relied a lot on the fact that she returns I'm the because gatekeeper. aliens is basically Ripley's story. Yeah. Fox refused causing Cameron and Heard to walk away from the project once more. This time they would get married and go on their honeymoon while more negotiations were had between members of the Fox boards. When they returned from their honeymoon, aliens was ready to enter production. Cameron has gone on to thank uh, Gordon for getting the film officially greenlit. I'll thank Gordon too. So Fox pretty much agreed. Okay, you know, let's bring. Okay, Sig- we're stupid. Yeah, let's bring Sigourney Weaver back. Okay, who's more money? God, if only Door the Explorer was out by then. Every time they would make something that I wouldn't like, Fox Studios, I'd be like, swipe or no swiping? <laughs> swipe or no swiping? Uh, sure. I guess. <laughs> they're fucking children. That's why. Sure. As in, like, not like they're, you know, the bad, the bad <laughs> thing. Like, you know, they're, they're like little babies. They act like toddlers. God damn it. Go. <laughs> I was just wondering how you're going to dig yourself out of that hole. (laughs) Oddly enough, with so much concern to get Weaver back for the sequel, she herself was hesitant to return for the sequel. What? Weaver was afraid that Ripley would be poorly written and an ill attempt at a sequel would hurt the legacy Alien had created. It Mm. wasn't until she read the script Cameron had written that she became impressed with how he portrayed the character in the mother-daughter type relationship Ripley creates with Newt. Speaking of Newt, she would go on to play, be played by Carrie Hinn, who was scouted at her school in England. Cameron requested she watch Alien beforehand, to which it said she actually found parts of it funny. Paxton, huh. Paxton Bill Paxton, Woo! also mentioned he would apologize after filming any time he had to curse around her. I knew it. I knew that's where that was going. Hinn never went on to pursue <laughs> an acting career after this film, but would go on to become a teacher later in life. Oh, wow. And just for the record, Newt is not an actual Newt, okay? It's a human being. I just want to clarify that because Josh did a poor job of clarifying it. Okay, okay. Um, yeah. God, we're past that. Really glad you, uh, you uh, <laughs> cleared things up there. And I'm surprised that Bill Paxton, whenever he complains, which is <clears throat> a lot, I'm surprised I didn't find it annoying. For whatever reason, I was laughing my ass off every time. Oh, yeah. Sandra very shortly was kind of like, okay, he needs to stop that. And everyone else thought the same thing on, on, in the crew. They're like, would you shut the fuck up? Well, it's funny because uh, Bill Paxton has said, like, had said in interviews that he was afraid that like people would find his portrayal annoying. And I can totally understand why. 
But yeah. I guess I've seen it so much. I know the story. I'm just like, yeah, this is funny. No, we're fucked, man. Well, and I love that, like, you know, he goes from being super, super fucking cocky to oh, just yeah. all yeah. of a sudden just, he, oh. <laughs> he's that character. Yep. Yep. We all, all those types of movies have that character. Oh, yeah. The role of Corporal Hicks originally went to James Remar, probably best known for his role as Ajax in The Warriors or Harry Morgan in the TV show Dexter. Oh. Yeah. More, uh, What's his name again? James Reamer. James Reamer. That's who that is. I'll be damned. Reamer would leave production shortly after filming began due to being arrested for drug possession at the time. Oh, my God. Heard would go on to hire Michael Bain a few days later. Bain had already worked with Cameron previously on The Terminator playing Kyle Reese. Hmm. All right. I, I liked uh, Michael. Oh, yeah. He does a great role. Yes, he does. I, I do love like the scene where... Um, Burke starts giving orders, and she's like, oh, well, this is a military operation, so, you know, now Hicks, yeah, Hicks is in charge, and just the way that, she, and she's like, getting that right, and he's just like, yeah, 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 yeah that's right. I just, I love how he mm-hmm. says it. Our next main role, and one of my personal favorites of the film, Private Hudson. <laughs> Bill Paxton had a chance encounter with Cameron while at an airport and began talking with talking with Cameron about the Aliens Project. Paxson had worked with Cameron previously on the Terminator as well, playing the leader of the punks that first encountered the Terminator. Paxton played the part of the comedic relief throughout, with many of his lines, like his now famous, Game over, man! Game over! being improvised. Oh. Lance Henriksen would also join the cast as the android bishop. I love you, Lance Henriksen. Same here. This would make... For three actors previously having worked on The Terminator with Cameron, with Jeanette Goldstein, who plays the badass Vasquez, being cast several mm. years later in Terminator 2, oh, Judgment yeah, Day. yeah, she was in it. Yeah, she yeah, plays she, uh, yeah. John Connor's mom. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, his, like, fake mom. Mm-hmm. I knew I recognized her from somewhere. Yep. When Henriksen first arrived to London, he was almost denied entry to the UK. He had used several different knives to practice the knife trick scene and wasn't sure which one would best suit the scene. So he just casually brought them all in his luggage. Oh, casually. The customs official wasn't very happy and was quite alarmed at what he saw. Henriksen has also gone on to say that he based Bishop off of his own 12-year-old self He said, like his younger self, Bishop forgave those who mistreated him because he knew he'd outlive them. And I was like, well, that's so humble. That is very humble. I also want to state, because, you know. You want to state? Like what? Like New Hampshire or something? Yes. Um, (laughs) I know some people are probably like like, thinking like, wow, it's really dumb to bring knives onto a plane. Must remember. Pre-9-11, flying was so fucking different. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, God, yeah. I mean, you whip out three of those bad boys each and act like Wolverine on board. You best something shit's going to go down. That fucking Marshall's going to be like, oh, this guy's done for. Pow, pow. Yeah. But, you know, before 9-11, I mean, people were smoking on planes, doing all kinds of shit. So, oh, yeah. I mean, hell. Raves. He, he, I mean, he made, it, he made it to the UK with the knife. So, he already made it out of the United States with the knife. So, that should... Already says something. And you better tell me that that part, that knife trick, is sped up. Oh, I get to it. <laughs> okay, because if it's not sped up, I'm going to have a whole different outlook on this. The rest of the Marines were played by a mix of American and British actors. Cameron made the actors undergo three weeks of intense, extensive training with the British Special Air Service 
to help the cast understand standard military procedures, as well as developing a camaraderie with one another. Like Predator. Yep, exactly. Which made treating the other cast members, Weaver, William Hope, who played Gorman, and Paul Reiser, who played Burke, like outsiders, more believable. Yeah. Pretty much the scene where, um, like, the cast, or, like, all the Marines wake up, and, like, they Mm -hmm. interact with each other. Mm -hmm. He filmed that scene... um, like like very late into production because he wanted all the marine actors to have had like some kind of history and that's why it seemed like they all get along so fucking well. Oh, okay, that's a neat idea. I like um uh general uh or lieutenant Apon. Yep. Apon. Apon. Yep. I, is it Apon? Apon. Yeah. Okay. Um, I thought it was Apon, but then I thought it was wrong. But I like how it's like as soon as his little like hyper sleep thing opens, he's just like cigar in mouth. Let's yep. go. <laughs> I'm like Jesus Christ. According to Paxson, during the commentary, the actors had an amazing time together and would share Aww. laughs all throughout the time spent together. Al Matthews, who played Sergeant Apone, was a Vietnam veteran and helped teach the cast basics as well. Of course he was. The cast playing the Marines also got to customize their own armor like many <gasps> soldiers during Vietnam did. For example, Bill Paxton had Louise written on his armor, a nod to his real-life wife. Oh, that's cool. That's cool as hell. Um, I know... Oh... Uh, Wow, Michael Bane, his armor, he's the only one that didn't get to customize his armor <gasps> just because James Remar had already um, been mm-hmm. cast for the film and like gotten to customize his armor. And it, there's actually like two scenes still in the film with James in the role of Hicks. Um, like the scene where they in, like the Marines enter the uh, alien nest, yeah. at, like towards the beginning of the movie, like where they find like all the bodies and shit yeah at the yeah. very beginning when they first walk in like you see like uh, hicks's back is to the camera mm-hmm. that's james reamer no it shit. was too expensive to go back to like uh reshoot that shot so since you couldn't really see his face it kind of worked out all right one fact i discovered about al, Ma- al matthews that i had no idea about until researching this during his service in vietnam he became the first black marine to be promoted to the rank of sergeant Dude, that is awesome. Yeah, so it's fucking rad that he got to play another sergeant in a movie. Uh, for those who uh, can't see the podcast, yeah, aren't here, <laughs> Matt just did a salute. Hell yeah! <gasps> yeah, but like yeah, you could, you could, Matthews. like he just carried himself like a fucking marine. Like, oh fuck yeah, he did. From his, I mean, just the way he acted, from the way he spoke, every little bit and piece of him was like it. Asses to elbows. <laughs> yeah. On the day that a death scene was filmed, Sigourney <gasps> Weaver came onto the set and gave the cast member a bouquet of flowers. When it came time to the, for the scumbag Burke, played by Paul Reiser, Weaver showed up with a bouquet of dead flowers for him. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh, oh. yeah. God, can we just talk about how Burke's a piece of shit? God, I hate Burke. Yeah. Like, even just like the first time he shows up on screen, I'm like, oh, God. Oh, he's yeah. the most weaselly looking motherfucker. And yep. I'm just like, oh, God, I hate you. Yeah. I'm, yeah, Burke, whatever his actor's name is, just know that you play a piece of shit very, very well. Almost too well. Almost to where I believe he might be a piece of shit in real life. Uh, it's possible. I don't know. But, but you're right. The second you see him, you're like, oh, this guy's fucked. Like, th- no. Like, get him out of here. I don't trust him. Yeah, and like the, especially the scene, like when they start talking about Hadley's hope and like the colonies, like colonizing that, uh, planet or with a planet order or whatever where the ship's at and Ripley's like you didn't tell me that and he's just like oh I didn't think about it like 
What yeah. the fuck do you mean you didn't mm-hmm. think about it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, I want to point out something that I didn't realize until I was watching the uh, commentary. Yeah. So the scene where Ripley's having the meeting with like all the board of uh, Wayland Utoni, pretty yeah. much giving yeah. her yeah um, building better worlds. Yeah, reasonings of like what happened. Obviously, like it, you don't see it, but they're not on Earth in that scene. Mm-hmm. I never paid much attention to this. Throughout all the Alien films, you never see Ripley on Earth. <gasps> what the hell? Yeah, and like, because uh, I think it was James Cameron who was talking in the commentary because he was talking about that scene. He's like, this is probably the closest to Earth Ripley's ever been in any of the films. I'm like, son of a bitch. <laughs> wow. Why is it such a weird thing to think about? Yeah, like it doesn't really play. That, it doesn't, but it was just like one of those things that I'm just like, wow, this kind of weird. Wow, and of course she's like what, ninety six years old or so? Because yeah, she's, she's in hypersleep for fifty seven years. Pretty much Captain America. Uh, yeah, space <laughs> space Captain America. Ooh. Whoa! So with the shooting script complete and the cast finalized, the almost seven year development was finally ready to begin filming. Principal photography would begin in September of 1985 and was scheduled for a 75-day shoot. Mm. The budget for the film was laid out to be $18.5 million. Mm, so $12 million didn't work out, did it, Fox? Nope. Much of the filming was done at Pinewood Studios in Buckinghamshire, which is located near London. They chose to film here due to the oversized sets and similar to why many Westerns were filmed in Italy back in the 50s, it was cheaper at the time to shoot in London. Oh, really? Yep. Like a bunch of spaghetti westerns and shit like that? That's exactly why they're called spaghetti westerns, because they were filmed in Italy. Really? Yep. (gasps) I just figured out something. Oh, wow. (laughs) My mind is infinitely expanding. I'm hungry. (laughs) Spaghetti sounds great right now. It does. It said... Babe, we have spaghetti. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to get my ass beat for that. There you are. It said that by me. Oh. <laughs> it said that filming was disorderly to say the least. Cameron was unfamiliar with filming etiquette and traditions in, Lon- in the London film industry, such as their tea breaks being an hour every day, which would cause production to slow. Oh my God. The British crew were also hostile to Cameron and heard calling Cameron a nobody. They were very loyal to Ridley Scott, and with many of them working <laughs> on Alien, they didn't see Cameron fit for the job. In order to try and persuade them, he set up a screening for the Terminator, but unfortunately for him, none of them showed up for it. What the hell? Why did why they praise Ridley? Just from Aliens before? Oh, because they had worked with him on different projects, so they were very loyal to him. I mean, you know, British British director, British cast, or British crew, so. Well, They were pretty okay. much just like, oh, these fucking Americans. I can imagine him, like, shaking his hand. Like, they do one of those handshakes where they use both hands on the hand. I can see that. And they look at James Cameron and they just kind of like <laughs> fucking spit at him. Pretty much. They're like, you have two first names. We don't like you. But we like <laughs> this guy with two first names. <laughs> by the end of the long and challenging shoot, Cameron addressed the crew by saying that one thing kept him going through, all, through it all. Cocaine. <laughs> the certain knowledge that one day I would drive out of Pinewood and never come back <laughs> and that you sorry <laughs> bastards would still be here. <laughs> Yeah. It came to such a head that Cameron began fr- became frustrated and called Fox asking no. for advice because he was considering moving the production out of London, which would have cost a fuckload of money. In a last attempt to make amends with the British crew, Cameron called for a meeting. 
Cameron go, would go on to speak about the importance of the production and said anyone who couldn't support the film should volunteer to be replaced. A few moments later, the, cre the crew agreed to continue working on the film if only Cameron would respect their work hours. After this meeting, cooler heads prevailed and the production continued. Okay. All right, cool. Everyone settle down a little bit. Getting hot like a teapot. Calm down. <laughs> the very first film of the scene is a scavenger team finding Ripley in hypersleep. They used the laser to cut the door down, finding Ripley in the pod. This scene was adding was added towards the end of the production, and due to the tight budget, Cameron paid for the equipment for the laser out of his own pocket. Oh, God. How much did that cost? No idea. <laughs> I bet that was a pretty penny. And I like how it's pretty much a scavenger team to like just try to trying to make money, and then they're just like, "Oh well, fuck, there goes our money because yeah. we found somebody." Here, yeah, here's our payload. Yeah, a fucking human being with a cat. <laughs> That's also the oldest living cat. Yeah, probably. Mm -hmm. When it came time, God, I didn't even think about that. That Jonesy's now the oldest like, living cat in that movie. Yeah, look now, your mind's infinitely expanding thanks to me. Wow, thank you. We're such a good couple. <laughs> <laughs> When it came time to build the sets for the hypersleep chamber, they were running out of money and would have to come up with an alternative. Mm -hmm. Each chamber cost roughly $4,300 to build. God damn! They could realistically afford to build four. It was production designer Peter Lamont that came up with a trick of to use mirrors and the camera angle to make it look as if there were Fucking 12 pods nice. instead of four. That's why if you've watched very closely when the Marines begin waking up, you can actually spot two Vasquez's, but it's not easily seen. I fucking love trick photography and film. Mm -hmm. It works so now fucking I gotta rewatch well. it. When making a lot of the interior sets, floor grading was needed. When the crew went searching for grading to use, they stopped by a local set design shop and asked if they had anything they could use. As a matter of fact, they did. Mirrors. <laughs> <laughs> the shop had a huge pile of at the back of the shop, this pile was from the original Alien set and had been left in the back of the shop for damn near seven years. Jesus Christ. Yeah. That's insane. But it's awesome that they were able to use the grading from the first film. So is Sigourney Weaver and actually just a mirror? Or is she not? I need to know. She's a mirror. She's a mirror? Yep. She's actually like behind the camera the entire time. Yep. It's just a fucking reflection. Yep. How, how dare they trick me? I didn't like that. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to fucking email Ridley right now. Now, Matt, this is uh, no. This, this, oh. this is about the scene that you talked about earlier. All right, hold on. Let me sit properly and move my mic a little bit so it can really catch my voice. According to Henriksen, when filming the knife trick scene earlier <gasps> on in the film, Paxton was unaware he'd be using his hand for the scene until the day of. Oh my god, it was his real hand. Yes, it was. Oh my god. And he actually, uh, Henriksen accidentally did nick his finger during one of the <gasps> shoots. Oh. So obviously. Speeding up the scene to give Bishop and Wow. Yeah. So they did speed up the scene to make Bishop seem like he had inhuman speed. See, I could direct a movie. It did cause a bit of a goof, though. So if hmm. you pay attention to the background, you can see the other actors moving just as fast in the scene. Like when Apone is uh, laughing, his head's moving very fucking fast. <laughs> Oh my god, some okay. apparitions just fucking his mouth. Dude. But it kind of works just because, you know, your whole focus is on the knife scene. Oh yeah. But like I, after I read that, like I went back, put the movie back on and like uh skipped to that scene. And like I'm sitting there watching and I'm like sitting there with like Cheeto dusting fingers, like, I'll be damned. Look at that. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I'm How not, dare they I'm trick not me again? You though. That's two tricks. You projected yourself onto me with your Cheeto dust hands. How Actually, dare you? it was a mirror. Ha ha! 
trick. So it'd still be you. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> when it came to the creature effects, H.R. Geiger, who was responsible for designing the xenomorphs and alien, was not brought back on board. What? Cameron originally wanted to, but Geiger was already under contract to work on Poltergeist 2 with the other side. Oh, if I was Geiger, I'd be like, fuck Poltergeist, I'm going back to Aliens. And f- if you have a contract, you can't do that. Yes, I can. Okay. Watch me. And Fox was not allowed to negotiate with Geiger. Geiger would be replaced by special effects creator Stan Winston and his team. But this time around, the aliens were played by dancers and stuntmen in lightweight costumes, which allowed for more agility. Yeah, didn't one of them, like, fucking flip? I think, it, it, obviously, you can't think of all the times you saw an alien right now in the movie, but I swear one of them, like, flips off a wall or something. And that I would explain so. I mean, there's a I lot would've... more jumping around and running and all that in this. Oh, yeah, I would have been, like, doing a ballet, like, pirouette, <laughs> shit like that. <laughs> a number of eight-foot mannequins were also created to be used when a xenomorph had to be put into an inhuman pose or it had to be blown apart when needed. Overall, there were only 12 alien suits made for the film. To achieve the alien's acidic blood, they used a combination of tetrachloride, cyclohexclamine, and acidic acid, and yellow dye. It. Sure. I'm sure a scientist somewhere is like, you fucking idiot. Oh, I'm sure he had a fucking stroke just now and died. In the scene where the xenomorph is seen quickly crawling through the air ducts, which, can I just say, that's a fucking terrifying scene. Uh, which one? Isn't there multiple? Well, there's one, the, one of the scenes, I think it's when uh, Vasquez is in the vent and like looking like looks down the vent with the light and you just see one just fucking sprinting down like on uh, all fours. Oh, yeah. Fucking terrifying. Now, you might mention it or maybe you just... No. Uh, so, were any of those scenes kind of sped up? No. No. i just about to get to it. Okay. So, in the scenes where the xenomorph is seen quickly crawling through the air ducts, this was achieved by creating a vertical duct and, the, and attaching the stuntman in the xenomorph suit with a wire. Knew it. Fucking knew it. The camera was positioned underneath the chute to give the xenomorph very creepy, quick movements, so that way they could just run at an angle. If I literally would have kept my goddamn mouth shut for about 14 more seconds. You also realize this is like the 10th time you've done that in this podcast. (sighs) Get to it quicker. What can I say? Trick. (laughs) (laughs) It's like spirit spirit fingers. You're asking good questions. I am. See, I am intelligent. I know. Okay. Here. (laughs) Oh, God. Do you know? The Muffin Man? I don't. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know how they made the noises for the xenomorphs? Uh, well, one of... No, I don't, but one of the screams sounds like a a velociraptor dinosaur from Jurassic Park. So, the xenomorph shrieks you hear throughout the film, especially when they're getting blown to fucking pieces or when Ripley's running it over Uh with a fucking, uh... Oh, God, like the APC or what the fuck ever they called it. Fuck, I don't know. I don't remember. So the xenomorph shrieks are baboon shrieks that were altered in post-production. Oh, okay. So they didn't didn't just take a used condom and stretch it like over someone's shoe and make some shrieking noise? No. Okay, that was going to be my guess, but okay. Why did it have to be used? You know what? Don't answer that, actually. (laughs) Gladly. Now let's talk about one of the most impressive puppets I've ever seen yep, used yep. in a film to date. The Alien Queen. Oh, that puppet? Oh, okay. What were you thinking? I mean, the, the, <laughs> I mean, the puppet for pu- uh, Pumpkinhead's pretty impressive, but oh. it's also made by Stan Winston. Uh, so not Kermit. No, I mean, he's still impressive. Is he, though? Yes. Or is he just a trick? 
I wish I wish they could see your spirit fingers. <laughs> I really mean, wish. I wish they did too, because I'm literally imagining like little gold like pixie dust flying off of them. <laughs> Almost kind of like SpongeBob when he does imagination. It makes a rainbow. I'm kind of doing the same thing. That's what I was just thinking. Mm. So the alien queen, yeah, is probably the best goddamn puppet. Uh, would you call it a puppet, I guess? It is a puppet. Technically, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that I've ever seen. Oh, God, it, she's just... I can't wait for you to tell me how tall it is. It's so fucking good. Like, and it, the scene where it's like laying the eggs is so fucking gross, though. Which yeah, is like, yeah, yeah. But I imagine it. Yeah. I imagine it. It's like, you know, I know this thing lays eggs. I know it's got to be gross. But hey. But God, like that scene, though, when Ripley's walking down and just encounters it and just like, oh, oh, no. Mm, yeah, that that really puts the fear of God into you. So Cameron himself came up with the design for the queen. Him really? and Winston worked together on ideas on how to achieve the creature. Once they came up with a concept, they made a frame large enough to fit two people inside and was hung up by a crane. The prototype worked, and Cameron was overjoyed. He wrote the alien queen quickly afterwards because he didn't want to write the scene until he knew that a puppet would, would work. work. Yeah. Gotcha. Smart. Oh, God, absolutely. Because I would so hate to like write a scene and then just be like, oh, yeah, we can't pull this off so a little bit of winston and cameron yep okay well i mean we do like stan winston on this podcast that's for sure oh yeah and i mean you know you do have you know hr's alien concept to basically go off of they just made a bigger head and yep. i'm sure they made some alterations to the appendages uh but yeah she's god she's terrifyingly sexy i must say dude her head her head god her head was what like 10 feet long must have weighed like three thousand pounds on her so special effects creator Shane Mahan was responsible for sculpting the queen's head. Okay. This process took them several weeks due to the size and having to size up the design by hand because obviously they didn't have the technology, computer technology to do <gasps> what? so. What? Two heads were built, one that was lightweight and easier to move, and the other was built a bit sturdier so that it could take a beating if needed. Hydraulics and wires were used inside both heads to control the mouth. Matthew, if you just shut your fucking mouth for 14 more seconds, he would have answered your goddamn question. Oh, my God. In the end... The Indiana? Alien, Jones? I fucking hate you. What's he doing? He, well, they just announced that they're making a new movie. Are you excited? I'm kind of scared. I don't care anymore. You don't care? You're, you didn't, you didn't like Crystal Skulls? I mean, I like the, <laughs> the concept and the idea, but yeah, it sucked. Yeah, yeah. Is it going to be Harrison Ford, do you know? Yes. Oh, cool. God, he's old, though. All right. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Duh. But in the end, the alien queen was a whopping 14 feet tall, and it was made of polyurethane foam, which is lightweight. It took a team of people alone to work the queen. Two people sat inside the body of the puppet to control the arms. The legs were connected to rods connected to the ankles, and the tail was held up by fishing line, which was whipped around by another crew member. The head was fit with a number of servo motors and hydraulics, which were controlled by four other members. Similar to many classic effect teams, they use lighting, smoke, and slime to hide any imperfections. Of course. So, Lady Detrescu or Tetrescu, whatever, from Resident Evil, or the Queen Xenomorph. Who's sexier? Uh, the, the one that looks like a human? Yeah. That we can kind of relate to? That could yeah, I thought that was a, that's bite me and that I would still probably survive. I don't know. I mean, I would be turned into a vampire, but I yeah, she's she's only what nine foot six. That's what they came out and said that she is I, nine foot six. I can't remember. And she's and the queen's fourteen feet tall. Can you even begin to imagine 
I don't know, you're up late one night, one, one thirty in the morning. You're like, man, I, I kind of want to, I got to stay up and I got to finish this report for school or something like that. I should, I should hit up my local Seven Eleven and get a drink. And on your way there, maybe it's a close distance and you just, you can walk there. All right. You don't have to take your car and you walk. And for what stupid fucking reason that my mind can't really comprehend just now, you see the queen xenomorph 14 feet tall. Maybe perhaps she's waiting for the bus standing underneath the streetlight. What looking the like hell? fucking a uh, my neighbor Totoro? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> With the fucking umbrella. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And maybe she's got like a little bow on, maybe to try and conceal her identity, make make her blend in. What the hell would be going through your mind if you saw something like that? Probably what's going through my mind with this when you I'm when you so, see someone like me. Yeah. I'm just like, wow. <laughs> they haven't put him down. Wow, is that like the ninth <laughs> wonder of the world? Because we know King Kong's the eighth. Uh I haven't put that down. <laughs> this poor thing needs to die. <laughs> That would be terrifying. I mean, yeah. I mean, I, mm. again, again, just seeing a normal xenomorph, which are what, maybe six, seven feet tall, something like that. Well, I mean, Dale was eight feet tall, so no, no, he was seven, was seven two, seven, three. Seven, yeah, um, so around but, that. Time. Yeah, I mean, totally erect, seven foot three, seven foot two, or sure. I mean, of course, that'd be terrifying. Why wouldn't it be terrifying? And of course, but, the xenomorphs so, come in different sizes. The so. queen, and then even the queen and AVP. I'm like, man, that the animalistic nature of them, how relentless they are is what makes them terrifying. Yep. Like I'm honestly more terrified of them than the predator, even though I could never see the predator even coming and he would kill me. Yep. That, with it, many different weapons. With many different weapons. But that's the thing. He doesn't instill like even f- fear. Like he really doesn't yeah. unless, I don't know, I guess unless well, I mean, you unless you, it, unless you're armed, you're fine anyway. Well, yeah, that's true. Alien, like I said, aliens just, they don't care. No, they don't. You know, in the first one, their I saw, whole their whole like thought process is like the only thing they care about is expanding their race. Well, yeah, I mean, this the movie Aliens truly shows that they have the well hive mind. It's, it's like a, literally like the mindset of a beehive. Oh yeah, basically. I mean, they they kidnapped all the fucking um, colonists. They used them to make new babies to be hosts. Yeah, yep. they're parasites. That's all they do. Yep. And I mean, they construct where they live. I mean, they're the secretion, their resin or whatever yep. that they do is how they create their own like beehive yep. in a way. And you got a queen, just like you do have a queen bee, not an ant queen like, uh, Paxton says, or well, Hudson. Yeah. I mean, there are ant queens obviously, but we're talking about a beehive here. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's the story. The, the background of them is so much better than Predator, I would have to say. Yeah. Uh, well, because yeah. the background for Predator, you never really get, like, any kind of, like, explanation unless you read the comics, essentially. Yeah, yeah. But, mm, man, this queen. Oh, gets me going. So, in the scene where the queen is seen in the elevator, the puppet was too large to fit. In the, fit. So that the was crew, hilarious. <laughs> so, the crew had to remove the tail, and even still, the back of the elevator had to be opened up to fit the rest. But God, yeah, just seeing her get on the elevator. When, yeah, because it's so slow. So Ripley picks the ladder up, right? Yeah. And then, of course, it just ding, opens. And I'm, and it just looks over at it. And, of course, Cassandra's like, seriously? <laughs> like, I'm like, yeah, it's going to get in the elevator. It's going to sit there with its fingers in between its, each other. And it's going to be like. <laughs> Can't wait to fuck up this bitch. As it just twiddles her thumbs waiting to go up there and just kill people. So during the production uh, and like when they were building the queen, Weaver denied learning any of the behind-the-scenes creation of the queen because she wanted to keep the creature real in her mind. Similarly, Hen, who played Newt, had trouble pretending to be scared of the xenomorphs when she was being chased, since she had gotten to know the dancers and stuntmen who betrayed them, so when it came time 
for when she needed to be scared of the aliens, she pretended she was being chased by dogs to help her imagine the fear. Hmm. All right. Yeah. Channel your inner fear. Yep. To create the effect of Bishop being ripped in half by the queen, which, mm. God, that scene, I kind of, like, I forgot how brutal it was. Also, they really didn't rip Lance in half? No. Oh, wow. I'm so surprised. <laughs> <laughs> the effects creator, Tom Woodruff Jr. and Alex Gillis, created a chest plate for Hen- Henriksen to wear. The tail was pulled forward by a wire to give the effect it was piercing through Bishop. Mm. They then used the dummy of Bishop that had been sp- that had a spring-loaded mechanism inside, which, when triggered, would forcibly rip through the dummy. Good lord. Half. And then they had all the cast and crew come inside him for the white blood. No, they used milk as the android's blood. And after <laughs> Not f- what I read. And after a few days of filming, it had begun to sour and smelt the set. <laughs> well, good, actually. I feel like that would more so put like a ugh, stink face on me. One thing I do love about like Lance Henriksen is, uh-huh. you know, he plays an android in this game. He shows up in Detroit Become Human. Yeah, oh. game about the androids. Mm-hmm. He plays a human in that movie in that game, but he's like one uh, like one of the main androids of the game is like his uh, works for uh, Lance Henriksen's character. That's so cool. So I'm like, oh look, they got Lance to do a game about androids. <laughs> now is it like Lance's voice? Yeah, it is. Like it's his voice. I mean, he does the he did all the motion capture, so it looks kind of like it. So it oh, looks shit, like that's cool as hell. That. He should have been in Cyberpunk. Should have been. Yeah. After months of filming, it was time to enter post-production, starting in late April. Several scenes were cut due to time or pacing, such as Ripley learning about the death of her daughter, who they used to picture of Weaver's actual mother to represent the aged daughter. They also cut a scene where Newt's family, the scene where Newt's family discovered the alien craft from the first film, and her father is attacked by a face hugger. Yeah, see, I can't believe they they cut those out yeah. because I mean that clearly shows how it gets back into the colony. Yep. Clear as day. Like, and it kind of gets you a nice introduction to Newt as well. It does. And it also with, um, uh, oh, God damn it. Why can't I think of Sigourney's name? And it, Ripley. God, fuck. I know. Um, her, like, almost affection, if you will, but her connection with Newt is almost explained a little bit better knowing that she had a daughter 11 years yep. old that obviously had passed on earth being yep. 66 years old and, and such it's just like okay that makes that just a little more cohesive yep why they cut those scenes i'm no salty idea. but as me and matt talked about at the beginning of the episode those scenes however were added to the special edition versions of the film later on mm-hmm. i got i also newt scream it's so fucking like ear piercing. It really is. Yeah, it's, it's a, such it's a, a, it's good, a scream. good scream. Yeah, the, well, when she's screaming, when like she first sees her father with that uh, yeah. face hugger on. I mean, it, that scream lasts for like ten seconds, and of course, five seconds in, you're like, okay, that's a bit much. Hmm? I mean, at that age, I guarantee some like most kids would scream like that. Didn't show the the boy though. What the nope. hell was he doing? Did he even care? Probably not. Dick. Aliens released in theater on July 18, 1986 to positive reviews from the general public and review boards. During the opening weekend, the film earned 10.9, 10.1 million, sorry, making it the weekend's number one film, top- topping the Karate Kid Part 2. 
Good. While they while that may not seem like a lot compared to the opening weekend numbers of films today, keep in mind ticket prices back then were just over three dollars. I checked. <laughs> Aliens retained its number one spot even during its second weekend, being in bringing in large crowds even during the week. Aliens would hold the number one seat until its fifth weekend, falling to the debut of David Cronenberg's sci-fi horror film, the remake of The Fly. Oh. But Alien stayed in the top 10 films for 11 weeks. Damn. All right. We need to cover The Fly, by the way. Oh, yeah, we do. I want to so bad. Oh, God. What did you think about the scene with the Alien Queen um, and the two other, like, younger worker bees, worker xenomorphs, if you will, uh, when they came in, like, on the left and the right, and she just kind of, like, looked at them, whatnot, when Ripley blew the flamethrower, and they just kind of backed off, like she was talking to them. Did you like that scene? I liked it because it kind of gives you like that uh, you can tell who's in charge. Yeah, I love that scene. I I, I think animals easily, obviously, can you know communicate. Oh, as absolutely. Such. Um, I know she kind of found it a little bit odd. She goes, "Really?" She just told them to like go away. I'm like, "Well, yeah." She's probably like, "I got this." Yeah, and uh, I mean, my money would have been on her if Ripley didn't get that payloader. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. But no, I, I like that it showed. Whether they were evolving or not, but it just showed a little more sentience yeah. into the aliens besides the animalistic behavior that they have. Yep. By the end of its theatrical run, Aliens raked in a total of $85.1 million, making it 1986's seventh highest grossing film. It earned around $85.1 million domestically. Mm. Box office numbers outside of the States at the time were hard to determine, but officials estimate the overall gross to be, according to Fox's 1992 estimate, $157 million worldwide. Damn. Marking Aliens a worthy successor to Alien. Well, good. I would hope for it no other way. Unlike many horror films, even deep in the world of sci-fi, Aliens won two awards during the 1987 Academy Awards. Woo! One for Best Sound Effect Editing, won by Don Sharp, and for Best Visual Effects. Sigourney Weaver, however, was nominated for Best Actress, making her the first to be nominated for a role in a sci-fi film, which is significant considering that the award has been around since the first Academy Awards all the way back in 1929. Did she win? No. Or else I would have said that she won. <laughs> well, that's a pretty good point, Josh. I mean, I said they won two awards, and I said the two awards that they won. Well, I'm thinking like of the movie Alien, not like personally the person, because that makes it personally. You know it what still I mean? Falls under the movie. I wonder who beat her. Probably something dumb. I f- honestly like forget. Clueless or whatever. But good. I'm glad they won something, and I do think the sound design on this one is much better than the uh, the original Alien. I agree. I like I like the soundtrack a lot more. Aliens would also go on to be nominated for several other awards during the 59th Academy Awards, including Best Original Score, Best Art Director, Best Editing, and Best Sound. Obviously, yeah. they didn't win, but it's still significant to be nominated. Oh, God, yeah. While The Terminator put James Cameron on the map as an up-and-coming director, Aliens would see him marked as a blockbuster director with other successful films under his bet belt now such as terminator 2 judgment day titanic and avatar hell yeah think of it this way when you hear the name james cameron you know exactly who he is yep you know he's a big director avatar but cameron only has eight feature films under his name 
and two two documentaries by film lovers. But film lovers know his name very well. Really, that's all. Only has eight movies. Wow. I'll just to kind of give you an idea of like the movies that, like the feature length films that James Cameron has done. So you know we talked about Piranha Two at the like his first film he ever did. I gotta watch that. And then The Terminator, Aliens, The Abyss, Terminator Two, Judgment Day, True Lies, mm. Titanic, and then he did the two uh, documentaries, Ghost of the Abyss and Aliens of the Deep, and then he did Avatar. Now obviously he has other films that he's working on in production, like all the sequels to Avatar that are apparently getting fucking five films. Apparently, which I think it's uh, beyond its time. But that's yeah, just me. Uh, James, it's going to ruin you. Stop. I God, yeah, I'm kind of like, please don't overdo it. I'm surprised it. I still think it's a good idea. It's been what, 10, 12, 15 years? And they're like, oh yeah, we need a sequel. Something like that. Hold on. When did the first? Yeah, first Avatar came out in 09. I was going to say 08. So yeah, it's been quite some way time. too long. But I mean. I know other movies have done that. I mean, we're talking about a movie that took seven years to get made, and we're talking about how much we love it. Yeah, but we blame Fox for that. We do, but <laughs> it is James Cameron, and he is the master of sequels, obviously, because, I mean, this movie's surpassed. Terminator 2. Yes. Terminator. Piranha 2. <laughs> <laughs> Which I haven't seen the original Piranha in fucking years, and I actually haven't ever seen Piranha 2, so who knows? I, I have no idea. I just know, unfortunately for me, every movie I've watched that has Piranha in the title... I think has been shitty. Now, Piranha 3D, I think it Piranha was. Piranha 3D was has okay. some of the best effects in a film in a long time that I've seen, especially in like a continuous shot. The beach scene alone has so many like different effects going on in one continuous shot that's impressive as fuck. Yeah, I mean, I can get behind that. I just, I don't know. I feel like I'm in for a really weird time whenever a I movie mean, of Piranha a, comes it's a, up. It's a monster movie. Now, obviously, the first Alien film helped spawn, like, you know, the idea of comics and all this. But it wasn't until the release of Aliens that Kenner, who made all the popular Star Wars toys, started getting into the idea of releasing all of the Alien toys as well. Mm, they okay. released a fuckload of toys. Like, Fuck different, yeah, dude, like different obviously figures, they still do. different vehicles. And then uh, they actually re-released a bunch of them a couple years back, too, which was actually really cool. I like that, um, like, discount Batmobile that they have in the film. Yep. <laughs> Whatever the fuck it is. Uh, I like how that looks for some odd reason. It's so geometrical. <laughs> um, the vehicle, I, I remember reading, it was, like, some airport, like, transfer vehicle that they just, like, put plugs oh, on. Oh, okay. I can see that. Yeah. I can see that. Yeah. So, now, I mentioned at the end of the Alien episode that I wanted to talk a bit about Neil Blomkamp's idea for an alien film. Blomkamp has become known for his take on the sci-fi genre and especially body horror with films like District 9 and Chappie, which I fucking love both of those films. Both of those films are amazing. I've actually never seen Chappie. Oh my God, it's so much fun. I I love District 9 though. District 9 was his first directorial, like his directorial debut as like a feature link, but he had done a uh, short film of like pretty much like that was District Nine a couple years before, and that's what helped kind of put him on the map. Awesome. Blomkamp's Alien would have been a direct sequel to Aliens, retconning Alien Three, which it needs. Yep. Because nobody hates Aliens Three more than its director David Fincher. Ah, oh, David Fincher. 
That guy. I have no idea who that is. Uh, David Venture has done a fuckload of stuff. Oh, Venture. Yeah, Venture. Like, Finch. Okay. Oh, okay. I thought you said that first, and then I thought you just said Venture, like Venture Bros on Cartoon Network, but no, you mean Fincher with an F, like the bird. Yes, Finch. Finch. Ah, yes. Ah. Oh, God, I'm glad we got that out of the way. So, obviously, most people can't agree that Aliens 3 is a pretty shitty movie. Yeah. But... Let's just let me list off some of these other movies that David Fincher has done to show that he's a pretty fucking good director. Sure, try me. Fight Club, <laughs> Seven. I hate you. Zodiac. <laughs> he's also directed a few of the episodes of House of Cards on uh, mm, HBO ne- or Showtime, Netflix. Or- wasn't it? Wait, House of Cards was on, like, I swear it was on Showtime. Or, like, it may cares? have been. I just know it's on Netflix as well. But he okay. also did, he also directed the uh, Mindhunter on Netflix, okay. which all the serial killers and the now FBI. kind of like, hmm. And he also did The Social Network and hmm. The Curious Case of Benjamin Button. So he's a pretty, okay. pretty fucking well-renowned like, okay. director. Okay, he's got some pizzazz. I give him that. Yeah, he's directed some cool shit. I've so, never seen Seven. I know I have it. I think I have Ben, who was on TFR. I think I have his DVD. He he <laughs> lent it to me to to watch, and of course, that was a millennia it's ago. Such a good movie. What's and the box? That's, that's all I hear. Uh, but Fight Club. All right, all right. I, I retract some of my t- noises. I mean, Mindhunter alone. Yes, fucking yep. phenomenal. Mm-hmm. So, in Neil Blomkamp's movie, Hicks and Newt would still be alive along with Ripley, while Hicks was to be severely acid-scarred from his wounds at the end of the film, mm-hmm. and Newt would now be in her 20s. So they'd age, you know, time had passed. Yep. A number of concept art for the alleged idea was posted by Blomkamp on his Instagram back in 2015, which can still be seen today. Mm-hmm. It gained a ton of attention from fans and Fox itself. Even Sigourney Weaver was in. It would have seen the Wayland Utoni Corporation weaponizing the xenomorphs, making several different hybrid aliens, including one with four arms. There was even concept General Grievous, cool. Essentially. There was even concept art that looked to have Ripley in some sort of xeno xenomorph exosuit kind of deal. Ooh. From the concept art, it would it would seem the weaponization went completely wrong. And the Xenomorphs had basically taken over the corporation's headquarters. Okay, I'm totally down for and that idea. There's even a scene where uh, Ripley looks to like be strong with like a bomb vest, essentially. Like, um, with the because she's got pretty much it looks like bombs all over, and she's got a her hand on a detonator. Gotcha. With like um, Hicks behind her, mm. so you know everybody's like, okay, so. Is she on a, like, suicide mission, or is she, like, just going to threat? Well, like how Hicks in, in Aliens says, you know, if it comes to that, basically, if we're going to die, I'll do it. Yep. Basically saying, you know, I'll kill us both, whether it be, like, uh, Gorman and um, Vasquez, oh, you yeah. know, when, what he did. You're always an asshole. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but, yeah, I could do I, I want a game of that. I want to play that. I, like, I, God, I want this movie so bad. Call him up. Production was set to start after release of Alien Covenant, but with Blomkamp and Weaver tied up in other projects, and with Scott expressing interest with the sequel to Alien Covenant, mm. it would seem that Fox shelved the idea. Oh wow! Look at that. In favor of Scott's idea, there are reports, however, 
as of the m- month ago from this recording, so from March of 2021. Oh my God. That Blomkamp's Alien sequel may have entered production once more, but it's all hearsay until it's officially announced. Mm. It's just from an insider that has said that Blomkamp's uh, film has entered production, so we're not sure. From an insider. But I, I know, I understand Fox's decision. It's a trick. If you look at, um, like, obviously District 9 did really, really well. Uh, Blomkamp has released a couple other films that haven't done, like, financially well. Mm-hmm. I mean, even Chappie wasn't a financial, like, a huge success. Is that, Chappie's with Hugh Jackman, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. And I, I think Sigourney Weaver is also in it. Maybe. I've seen bits and pieces of it. I just it's, never seen the whole really, thing. It's really, really good. And it's got uh, the South African rap group, Diane Word. Okay. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I, I think I heard something about that kind of sort of being a flop. I mean, like I said, I personally loved it. I thought, because um, uh, the guy, it's got the main actor that played in um, District 9. Yeah. He does all of the, like, motion, like, the uh Oh, God, what's it called? Why like can't animated movements? Yeah, he did, like, pretty much what... Um, I'm, like, trying to use examples, and I can't fucking think of the guy's name that played Gollum in Lord of the Rings, like, how he... Uh, I don't know. ...did all, like, the body work and, like, and the voice. The guy that... Uh, the main guy from District 9 did that for Chappie. Oh, that's cool. Mm, okay, so... Now that I'm looking at, like, the box office numbers and the budget for this film, I'm, like... Ch- for Chappie? yeah. I'm starting to wonder if Fox is trying to pull his shit again because the budget for Chappie was forty nine million. The box office was a hundred and two point one million. That sounds like a success for me to me. Well, I mean, it technically is a success, but it doesn't sound like it's that great of a success. It's, I mean, it's not huge, but still. But I can, like I said, I can understand Fox's decision because if you look at the price, they're like the amount of money that like prometheus and alien covenant made and i just watched the squirrel fall out of that fucking tree <laughs> <laughs> damn it i missed it <laughs> sorry it's just out of the corner of my eye oh what the hell <laughs> oh man but i hope he's okay <laughs> but so like i can understand the decision for picking ridley scott's just because you know it's all about the money unfortunately yeah but maybe there's still hope because technically ridley scott's movies are prequels to alien so it's still possible that he can make this movie and still not really fuck up anything. That's true. Because, like I said, it retcons Alien 3, Alien fucking what the fuck ever the other one. Resurrection? Is, yeah, Resurrection. Um, and like I said, I mean, it would be the perfect way to do it. Just be like, oh, all like Alien, like the events that happened in Alien 3 and Resurrection, just hypersleep nightmares. I mean, can't, can't Fox tell that after Alien, we have Aliens, Alien 3, or Aliens 3? I don't know if it's plural or not. Resurrection, Prometheus, Covenant. People want more. Yeah. People want more. Even though, I mean, they're not the greatest movies. People will go. I'll still watch them. They I will flock to the theater. I still have them in my collection. There's hope, like you said. Like that colony. Hope. Whatever it's called. Halley's Hope. Halley's Hope. There you go. See? Yeah. All comes full circle. I hope so. Full circle. I'll, I'll pull up pictures, and I'll also post pictures on the, uh, Instagram. I'll, mm. What I want to do, I'll do... Um, like the behind the scenes photos for just this movie, but then I'll also post the pictures of like just the concept art for uh, Neil Blomkamp's ideas, like okay. a separate post just to kind of yeah, yeah, yeah. make it easier for people to see. But uh, yeah, if you guys want to yeah, see that, yeah, they can't see it very well on the podcast. Yeah, okay, smart ass. But definitely <laughs> check it smart. out, or even like just Google it because God, the the pictures are awesome. It the, the ideas look so cool. Like there's one concept art that had like 
a scientist that had like this like headgear on that looked like kind of like they were like um because like the xenomorphs also had like this like headgear piece so it looked like maybe they were controlling them somehow oh and what? i just yeah i don't know i just i want i want it oh god controlling a xenomorph i don't even know how the hell i don't i don't see that even working i don't either but this is also like i mean in in the concept like they also had different like hybrids that they were making um which they could easily bring in some of the hybrids like animal hybrids from the comics because like i said oh yeah alien, like yeah there, there's been like a xenomorph morphed with like a gorilla so you get like a fucking just huge behemoth one there's the uh mantis xenomorph which is fucking terrifying oh god that yeah, sounds it, terrifying i have the figure it's fucking scary but that's why i bought it dude that would make a sick ass fucking movie um like um the uh, sort of recent cabin in the cabin in the woods yes um how yeah how that whole thing was organized and you know depending on how, how, what item they picked up is their fate they were going to be yep um i can almost imagine something like that for this type of alien movie in the uh the wayland core uh, headquarters you yep. know they have like the gorilla specimen and the praying mantis specimen they have a a fucking shark specimen you know they it's floating in the because i mean we've seen throughout the all the movies there are definitely many many variations of the xenomorphs i mean there's ones that swim which is fucking terrifying oh when it comes out behind newt yeah I well like, i mean i was like Ooh. i forget which movie it is but like you actually see them like in the water just fucking just swimming it has to, it has to be AVP. I feel like I think so. Well, yeah, because in one AVP it might be the very first one. I think it gets into a pool, like yeah. a, like a YMCA kind of deal. And then you have like the the runners that are like little fucking dog aliens that are tinier, but they sprint. Are those aliens or are those predator? Predator has dogs. No, it's, it's an alien. Is, is it? Yep. I can't even remember. It's been so long. Oh boy, so many species and subspecies and Jesus Christ. And of course, this movie is where we first obviously hear that yeah. it is a xenomorph. Yeah, it, there's, it just they, looks like an alien on all They fours. look like it, but they're a little bit smaller and they just sprint really fast. But yeah, this um, even I, more terrifying. I do love that. Um, oh god, like when they're given like the mission overall, when Hudson asks if it's going to be a bug hunt, I'm like, hey, kind of Starship Troopers. Yep. Yeah, that's what I thought I, when he said that. I was like, hey, wait a minute. That's what I was thinking. I was just like, oh, like, wait you a really second. want a bug hunt? Mm-hmm. But yeah. Overall, that is my write up for all the behind the scenes that went into making Aliens. Woo, thank God we're done. All right, bye. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, well. Like, like I said, I mean, this movie had such a journey to get made, and you know, I give James Cameron so much fucking credit for sticking to his guns and not giving in to a studio and knowing what he wanted to make. Yeah, no matter how much Italians hate you, don't give up, James. They were in London. (laughs) No matter how much I fuck this up, I hope the listeners don't hate me. No matter how, no matter how much the British hate him. Yeah, that's what I meant. I'm sorry. I thought of spaghetti. And I thought of Italians. <laughs> I, was I, thought, I thought of pasta. God damn it. <laughs> now I'm really fucking done with this episode. <laughs> <laughs> well, like always, uh, Josh, great job. Thank you. Fantastic. I loved it. I really appreciate all your hard work and all the hard work that the cast and the crew and the production and all that bullshit went into this film. It's a masterpiece. Like It's one of these films. 
that if I had to live, like give a list of like 10 movies for somebody to watch that has never seen like a sci-fi or horror film, easily near the top. Fuck, I'd probably put Alien and Aliens both yeah. in that same list. Oh, yeah. It's great. It's a great film. It really, uh, I don't know, it, it, Alien kind of uh, sort of redefined the genre, I would say, of sci-fi horror, and I yep. think Aliens obviously kept that path going strong. Strong, oh, oh, strong and hard. Oh, yeah. Mm, yeah. Was there anything that like stood out to you that I talked about um, that like really just took you by surprise? Well, um, the Alien Queen was a lot taller than I thought she was. No idea there was two people manning it. Well, just inside her. There. Well, yeah, yeah, that's what I meant. That's what I meant. Yeah, just in, inside of her. Yeah. Um. Well, I always like you know little uh, tricks that they do for. I don't know, I guess the, the, the stages, if you will, or, or you know, the, the pods, you know, and, and to make it look like there's 12, they'd use the mirrors. Oh, yeah. I, I love little uh, tricks like that. Obviously, it just, it makes it just, I, I don't know, it almost gives it a sense of like down to earth, like how to make a movie. Oh, yeah. I feel like people, especially, you know, years ago, me just watching them, never really giving any more thought than just what my eyes were seeing. I was just like, wow, making movies seems so, so difficult, so challenging, so oh, money hungry, yada, yada. That's, I mean, it's it like, is. It is true. I'm like so extravagant. Just, oh my God, how does one make a movie? How does one do all of this? And then it's just like, oh, wow. They use the simplest tricks, obviously, all the time. Of course, now we do a lot of CG. Um, but yeah, the simplest tricks to get by and it, and it works. And it just, like I said, it brings it more down to like almost like a level-headed experience. Kind of like, oh, I could do that. Yep. Almost, almost inspiring in a way to make you feel not defeated when you try to I don't know, maybe take that step and make your own movie. Oh, yeah. And, like, I mean, it's, like, for me, like, I read a lot of, like, I love reading, like, movie scripts. Yeah. Just to see, like, what changes. Like, I mean, like, this one, I read through the script for Alien, or Aliens. And, like, I mean, there's little pieces, like, um, Vasquez and, oh, God, her friend. um, Why can't I think? The the other guy with the flamethrower? Yeah. Something with a D. Donnie? No. Darwin. Demetrius. Dragon. I hope it's something like Queef. And I'd be like, oh, well, I was totally off. Drake. Drake. But yeah, um, Hey, that's Dragon. But like, uh, the, I win. In the script, it talks about Vasquez and Drake being like good childhood friends because they both were raised um, in pretty much like the slums. Yeah. Like where they lived. And they were both... Um, like went to uh, like juvenile prison essentially, mm-hmm. and they were pretty much uh, brought into the Marines through that. That's why Vasquez has such a like connection, connection yeah. with him. Yeah, you can easily tell it. Yeah, yeah, they so, got like, some history. It's like that little bit, like just in the scripts that don't make it like onto the film that just add more to you know the screen. I mean, a lot of movies that you watch, like you can literally just go to Google or whatever search engine you use and just type in like blah 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 like alien script and a lot of times you'll be able to bring it up i was just going to ask you in for the listeners if any of them you know like you know, how do you find that is there a website for it a certain database or yeah, like, just go to google and type it in well i have all the times i you like i just type it in all right, i'm um, gonna do it too here we go let's see what i can find <laughs> princess diaries script <laughs> okay oh www.scripts.com 
is the first site here. Yeah, I was going to say, like, f- for this one, I used uh, nofilmschool.com, but then there's also dailyscript.com. There's other versions. I mean, even uh, IMDB has certain ones that you could bring up, too. But, of course, not every movie script's going to be on here, like, online, yeah. but... Nine times out of ten, you can find them. Wow, I'm surprised it's that easy, honestly. Yeah. Of course, scripts has to allow ads. I'm not doing that, so get fucked. Let's go to Script-O-Rama, okay? And a lot of times, they'll come in, like, PDF form, so you can read them through that. But yeah, I mean, it's just one of those things, like, I've always just... I don't know if it's just the writer in me that enjoys it, because I have started writing a couple different screenplays myself and like that's one of the ways that have started to like just kind of inspire me like if i get stuck or like i'm just like how should i do this like i love reading scripts and just learning how they do it well do you want to read the princess diary script no starts out with sirens helen time for school helen stop day state uh daydreaming that you'll be late for school sometimes i have dreams mia hey louie come on i picture myself (laughs) flying it's time to go to school through the clouds high in the sky conquering the world (laughs) With my magic piano. Matt. Yeah. We need to finish this episode. <sighs> All right, fine. I think people were enjoying that, but maybe that'll just be a Patreon exclusive. <laughs> then they'll have to pay for it. <laughs> yeah, because people want to pay for that. So bef- We will just read scripts as fast and as loud <laughs> and as annoying as fucking possible. We'll do it as like a radio play. So we'll just add sound effects and shit. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. So uh, before we leave, I do want to talk about... Where are we going? Uh, before we uh, hop off here, I do want to talk a little bit about what we have coming up because we have something new mm-hmm. on you, the horizon. Did, did you say hop off of here because Easter was just a couple of days ago? I didn't do it on purpose, but yeah, sure. <sighs> Where is he, by the way? Jesus. Where's he at? I didn't see him. I don't know. I didn't see him come back out of there. I know. What the fuck, man? That's what but, I asked my great or my grandmother-in-law. I was like, where is he? <laughs> Isn't he supposed to be here? So next episode... We are going to be covering Mad Max Fury Road, which I'm so fucking excited about. I'm- I am too, I've because I've never seen it, and I, for whatever reason, maybe it's just from you talking about it all the time, I just know it's going to be fucking awesome. It, like, just nonstop action, it is very, like, it just, it it has such a rewatchability. I, I have watched that movie so many times. I mean, huh? it's... It's a phenomenal movie. I mean, God, when I saw it in theaters, as soon as it ended, I just went, God bless George Miller. <laughs> so you can recite every line? Uh, close to it, because there's not a whole lot of lines in that movie. Really? I mean, there's a, I mean, there's a decent amount, but it's... A bunch of grunts and... A lot, <laughs> a lot more grunts than <laughs> just <laughs> short lines, like no like super long lines. But after that, we will be diving into something a little different. Oh, yeah. This is going to be the deep end of the pool, I feel like. This is going to be a... a, a pretty big dive now maybe we, multiple parts you know it's gonna be probably a two to three parter but because like, when me and matt started this podcast we had always talked about also covering video games at some point yes and like we weren't sure like exactly like where to start like what to do first but i, I thought, pitched minesweeper but josh declined and then you said solitaire and i was like no we're not doing these stupid pc games <laughs> He was and, like, Veto. And you were like, what about Wizard Pinball? And I was yeah. like, no. Okay, what about Pinball Wizard? No, we're not talking about the who. We could. Who? <laughs> but. Did you like that? We will be covering, and because I want to build on the anticipation of the new Resident Evil game. I mentioned her earlier. Yeah. Lady. So we're going to be covering 
the series that is Resident Evil. Hell yeah, I have Leon's jacket in there. Do you? Yeah, it just looks like it. It's now, not really his. Now, I will say, it's not going to be like how we do this. We're, we're going to be covering like each game in like one episode each. Mm-hmm. We're pretty much just going to be talking about all the ep- like games pretty much matching the one. Like I'm going to talk about uh, the production of like how the, the ideas came to be. But then we're going to we'll talk a bit about each game as we go along. But just pretty much talking about the production, how they helped inspire the films, the horror, well, horror, the like the horror genre for gaming. Yeah. Oh, the, okay. Especially for survival horror, how they've progressed over time, how they aged. Um, and then, of course, leading up to, of course, the, the movies themselves. We'll talk a little bit about them. We won't go like super, super in depth because they're kind of trash. But yeah. We will still talk about them, but I'm very excited because this is going to be something new. Yeah, I'm really interested to know, like you said, there's a, um, for instance, one route you could take is there's some videos online on YouTube yep. that talk about the lore oh, about yeah. it. You want to know, should I look to those or should I just not look into anything? You can look into it. Okay. Because, yeah, knowing the lore about it, like kind of like um, Fallout, when I read all the, like the hollow tapes yep. and they go in the bunkers, knowing the actual stories and lore of the, the, the way of the land, I was like, this is fucking sweet. And I can't wait to know about resident evil. Oh yeah. So like, it, like I said, it was just the, the idea that, cause you know, the new game comes out next month. Or... Oh shit. It, it is May, isn't it? Like mid May, May 19th or something. Okay. Uh, hmm, yeah, that's a lot closer than I thought. Yeah. May 7th. Oh shit. Even closer. So like, that's one of the reasons why I wanted to do a quick, one-off episode with Mad Max Fury Road because I feel like it's it's just a nice just one-off movie because like here lately we've you know of course did the Universal Monster series now we've done we do, a lot of creature features yeah now we now we did our uh, you know Alien and then the sequel so I think it'd be fun to kind of just branch off a little bit and just do like a fucking post-apocalyptic action-packed film I'm that, excited that has I'm, some oh of the God, best I'm... goddamn practical effects explosions i've ever seen i am so excited for what's to come we have a lot of we have have a lot of fun stuff on the plate because i i haven't told you this Uh oh but after resident evil i'll just go ahead and fucking announce it oh shit i have i have another series that we're gonna cover (sighs) jamin reactions coming evil dead (laughs) 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 oh wow I, i bet Every cat and dog within a 20-mile <laughs> radius just perked up all, like, what the fuck? The leader has called. <laughs> Probably we, so. We yeah. must attend. I, I thought about, I was going to do that before, like, after Mad Max, but I was like, oh, do you know what? Let's lead up, because I was looking at the calendar, and I was like, let's just, because by the time we released the Resident Evil episodes, the, it'll pretty much coincide with, coincide, coincide? Co- coincide, yeah, yeah. coincide with the release of. Genocide. Uh Resident Evil Village, obviously, like one, Perfect. like either yeah, part, capitalize on that, buddy. Either part two or part three might release like after the video game releases, but that could work out in our favor because we could talk about it. Oh my god, we could. We could do that. So, okay, do you think there should be any? If anyone listening to this, if any one of our two fans is listening to this right now, and perhaps they want a little. I don't know. Give them a little little juice before they get into the Resident Evil series. Should they play any games or watch any movies or look at those videos on YouTube? Or mean, what do you think? They, they could do whatever the fuck they want. I mean, replay Resident Evil Four. Yes, of course. Replay. But honestly, you can go to YouTube and just type in Resident Evil Lore and just find the videos on there. Watch them. I mean, they 
there's so many different YouTubers that dive into so much oh, behind the games and all that. And plus, if you don't feel like playing the games, you can always just watch a Let's Play or, you know, do what you, you know, want. I don't have a Resident Evil game right now. I should probably buy a Resident Evil 4 and play it before we do that. You should. Well, I got a GameCube and I got a PS4. I can do either one, even though I hear the Wii was really fun because you had, you know, emotions, but I don't have yep. a Wii. So hmm, I think I'm going to do that. But all right. So with all that said, we have a lot on our plate. We have to go get started in the research so yes we do so always remember to uh recycle you know be cool stay in school yeah uh, stay scary yeah if you're going to be a fantastic podcaster like me and josh always uh, stay hydrated <laughs> i mean uh, support your local mom and pop shops uh, uh oddity shops yep, yep. um okay yep. well my name's josh uh-huh and Are my we- name is not ripley or hudson or apone or vasquez or Drake, or, or Weird, Gorman, or Wibowski, or Wibowski, or Spunk Meyer. <laughs> Let's not forget him. Um, Diedrich, or uh, Xenomorph, or Queen. Diedrich, or Xenomorph Queen, or, or Facehugger, or Frost, Frost, or <laughs> uh, Burke, or Newt, Newt, or <laughs> <laughs> L- just say your fucking L- name. LV four twenty six. Or Hallie's Hope or Josh. My name's Matt. <laughs> All right. Goodbye. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Have a great time. I'm going to keep talking until this just slowly fades out and the music comes back in, okay? Yeah.